The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Praise the Lord. Amen. I haven't been in Uganda for a while now. Um, I have two grandchildren. I'm a granddad. Uh, and they, they live in Sweden. So I've been to Sweden, visiting them. And also I have a 21 year the last born who, who really has been on my case because I've been, been living in, in, in UK for, for some time. So I had to attend to her also. Praise God. Uh, now, I just want us to, to feel at home. Help me feel at home so that I can be able to, to minister properly. Sometimes when you see all white faces, <laughs> you see them speaking to you, what are you going to tell us? Somehow, something, something like that. But uh, I want us to be at home. We are in the house of God. We are children of God. Let us just celebrate God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Today I'm going to share with you something which is so close to my heart. And I've been thinking about this for a while. We always, from time to time, we used to do it very often. But these days, not so often. We meet with uh, Pastor Jonathan at Waterloo. And we challenge ourselves in a number of things. He has these questions which are so much to do with a British mindset. Why if God is this, why is he making it so hard and difficult? You people in Africa, you say, kind of when I come to Africa, things are a little bit different when it concerns the spirituality. Why is this that? So all these questions keep on ringing you and actually has helped me to push me a little bit deeper in trying to find out. And uh, because I've lived here in Europe for quite a while, over 32 years, and I just want to have a heart to see that what we have embraced, what we have married into can be able to assimilate to every one of us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So today help me because this is what I want to begin to unravel and try to bring to an understanding I'm going to try because it can only be done by revelation and by the spirit of God. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. Humbly, we ask you, Lord, Come and take the center place and minister unto us. Come and minister into our hearts, into our spirit. Be able, Lord God, to unravel and open our mind to come to grips with what you are trying to speak to us today. I ask you, Lord, use me so that I may communicate what you are putting in my heart to your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So I'm going to be sharing about who is God. And I'm going, along the way, I'll be sharing about encounters that can bring us closer to the revelation of who really God is. I'm beginning to, to realize that we, we think we know who God is, but on another side, we really don't know who God is. And if we don't know who God is, then we don't know who we are and whose we are. So I, I would like us to begin to look into this. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. God has always been. He is and he will always be. God is an eternal being. And that really speaks volume because we kind of fail to get the grips of really who we are. If God is my father and he is eternal and he lives in this eternity bubble which we kind of think of, then I'm an eternal being. Praise God. Amen. 
which means I also was, and I also is, and I also be. Praise God. Yes. Because I am in him, and he begot me, and he is my father. So now, let us look at this. Clear. Second, second uh, can you put on the second point? Praise God. There are three things that we hear which describe who God is. The Bible says that God is light. 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. Amen? God is what? God is light. Now, I don't know what you have in your mind, the conception that you have received, but let us go with what the word of God is saying. God is light. And also it goes on to say, he is love. That is his nature. First John 4, 16 says, and so we know and re- really, uh, sorry, and, uh, and so we know and rely on the, on the love of God. I'm not giving you praise. And help me, English is not my first language. And so we know and rely on the love of God. And we rely on the love of God for her, he has for us, that God is what? God is love. Whoever lives in love, he lives in God, and God in him. Listen to that. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God does what? Live in him. So we know also that God is what? God is love, and that is his nature. And then he says, he is spirit. John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship, must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we know that these are the three things which make up who God is. He is light, he is love, and he is spirit. But today I'm going to focus more on the spirit part of God. And if God created me in his image and in his likeness, who am I? Praise God. Ask your neighbor for me, who are you? And whose are you? Because if, if we belong to God, not only do we belong to him, but he has begotten us. He created us in his image and in his likeness. Genesis 1 and verse 26. He says, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. The problem that we have, we think we are human beings having a spiritual experience. No, we are spiritual beings who are having a human experience. We have, we have, we have changed this thing altogether. It is supposed, we are supposed to be living from inside out, not from outside in. No wonder we can't win. No wonder we are losing, we keep on losing. Because we are approaching that which is of the spirit from a human angle. I hear people in Africa, you better be in Africa for some time. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) When we are praying in Africa, you hear them, we are going to bombard the heavens and you see people fighting bombardment. You can't bombard the heavens. Praise God. Because we are coming from from a, a weaker point. We are coming from a place where we cannot win. We are spirit beings. Speak to yourself, I'm a spirit being. So with that kind of revelation, kind of understanding, you begin to come before God and you begin to challenge yourself in that place where you begin to do some exercise. You, you see, our spirit when we are born again, and that we need to meditate on it deeply. When you are born again, that means there are stages you, are, you come through. You are born as a what? You, can, you are not born as a grown-up. You are born as an infant which means you need to grow. So if you are born and your spirit is born again, it is born as an infant and it needs to grow. It needs to mature and it needs to come into perfection in him. So that part is what has slipped us. We are so infant in our spirit. spirit. There are so many things 
that we don't know about ourselves. Give alone about our God. And as a father, God is calling us into relationship, into an intimate relationship that goes beyond. Because you see, when these words, when we speak them, when we speak about intimacy, when we speak about relationship, we quickly flip to ourselves. Your intimacy with your wife, your intimacy with your children, your intimacy with this. That, that, that's how we see things. But we cannot contain it or grasp it. What really God means by re- having a relationship with God. What does it really mean to be intimate with him? Because we don't know who we are and whose we are, then it becomes that we are coming from outside to begin to get grips of what God is speaking to us. But once we begin to come from the spiritual level or the spiritual uh, arena, we begin to, uh, to, to get, get a, a certain understanding that what, of what God, why did God love me so much? Why did God had to die for me? What does it mean to fellowship with him? What does really love mean to me? When we talk about love, we quickly flip to the love of a, of a child to the love of a husband and wife, but yet the love of God is far deeper. Far deeper. I was talking with Jonathan when we were in the office, and, and he told me what, what he was preaching about some time back here. And he said that when Satan sinned, straight away, he was judged and was put in a certain place. But when man sinned, God came looking for him. He starts saying, where are you? Adam, where are you? Because Adam had fallen into something of which even God didn't have a point of reference. Not that he didn't have an answer. He had an answer because the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth. He had an answer of how to take you out. But what you had fallen into, he didn't have a point of reference. God is pure. God is sinless. He had never gone that way. So he said, down the years, I will come down and be able to take you out. That's, uh, I've just, sit down. I've just come to, to know we are friends. He, did, he didn't remember me. I slept in his house in Orlando. He picked me from the airport. And when he asked me, he said, I've never seen him. Yet, yet I know the wife because Claire, we used to pray together. We used to pray in Bristol. We used to pray all over during the, the meetings with Johnny Mulinde. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, God says, I'll come down. I want you to, to, to see this. I'll sit where you sit. I'll become what you have become so that I can take you out of your predicament. Do you understand that? God loved you so much. God desired you so much. Why? Because you are in his image and in his likeness. The Bible has told us here that God is light. God is spirit. You embody who he is because you came out of him. When you fell into what he didn't have a point of reference, he had to take off his regalia and come down and express his love, how much he loves you. He sits with you. He becomes what you have become so that he can take you out of your predicament. That's what God is wanting to do to us after we realize and after we understand who really we are. Because you want to bring us back into a spiritual experience. Because whether you like it or not, you are an eternal being. And you are going to go back to eternity. Do not be lied by this flesh and this body which we wear. That is a suit. It's just a suit. When I look at the husband of my, my sister over here, he didn't have that bald head. Praise God. Don't worry. That, that's me. He didn't have, even when I first met you, he didn't have that body. Eh? That means you are growing. And the body is giving up. Praise God. Now, 
Now your daughter is beginning to run you off. Sometimes when she runs the stairs, you can't run them. <laughs> what does that speak? It tells you that we are looking or we are tending to something which is giving away. Instead of beginning to grow our spirit and beginning to understand. I was telling Jonathan that the problem we are having, we do not exercise our spirit. We do not train our spirit. Because we are living from outside instead of living from the inside. Knowing who we are on the inside. I told him, I said, how do you, last time I told him how, how I, I, I pray in the spirit. And he said, how do you do that? Because I'm tr- beginning to train my spirit. I can be, right now, I can be preaching to you as I am and I'm praying in the spirit. Praise God. That's what Paul said, praying without ceasing. What, what is it that can pray without ceasing? It is only your spirit that can pray without ceasing, that can call the deep things which cause unto deep. It's only that when we begin to walk in that arena. Praise the Lord. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I am, a spirit. I am a spirit. Now, let us look at these questions which I put, I put up. Where does our spirit come from? What is our spirit? Uh, Sorry, okay. Where does our spirit come from? What is our spirit made of? Where is our spirit? What does our spirit do? How do we engage our spirit? These are questions that will draw you in closer to a place where you begin to engage God. The problem is that we just come and pray to God. We need to come to a place to begin to engage with him. We need to begin to draw ourselves into that place where we begin to engage with God. We engage with who we are in the spirit. Beginning to understand where is my spirit? Where does my spirit come from? Questions. I love questions because... I've learned a number of things from you guys. When we have a problem in Africa, so we used to, you, 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 you don't know what really, for example, I, I, I was reading an article and also I was listening to this girl, she passed away. When most of the time, when the white people have a problem, you say, how does this problem come? Where did it come from? There are five questions. You say, where did it come from? How? Where? What? When? That begins to bring you to a place of coming to a solution because you ask the question. We need to begin to ask the question, who am I? Why am I here? Now that I'm old, I'm growing old, I'm 57. But I look sharp. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. If I didn't tell you I'm 57, would you believe that? Most of the time when I tell... Uh, where, where I'm working, where I tell them my age, he said, no, you people, you were born in plantation, you don't know even your age, you can't be 57. <laughs> Look at, uh, what do you think I am? Maybe 40. No, I'm 57. Now I have questions. Say, I think if I had done this differently, it wouldn't be like this. So what I'm trying to say, ask the question, who am I? Why am I here? Is life all about this? We have more than that. And that's why I put up these questions. Where does our spirit come from? What is my spirit made of? Where is my spirit? What does my spirit do? And how do we engage our spirit? Praise God. Like, uh, like I said, Genesis 1.26 say, t- tells us, let us make man, mankind or let us make man in our image and in our likeness. We are, a spirit, we are a spirit and our spirit is light, which is creative light. There are two types of light. There's what we call creative light. And then there's what we call light as we know it. God is the creative light who created light. Like the moon, the sun, and all that. 
You go in Genesis chapter 1, you will see that. He created, he spoke them out, but he himself is the creative light. And if God is creative light and he is spirit, that means I'm a creative light and I'm spirit. Today I just want to challenge you. Go and think about these things. You have a point where you can begin even to pray. Challenge yourself and do not take my word for it. Go with these scriptures and begin to engage God and ask him, who am I? Why am I here? We want so much to stay on this earth, yet we have failed to question God, why am I here? Why did you create me? I sometimes ask myself, God, why did you create me short? But then I began to realize that my shortness has much to do with the call and the purpose for me to be here. There are things which I can do that Jonathan with his height will never do. (laughs) (laughs) Because that, that helps you to begin to engage. I'm not just bringing jokes, but it helps you to begin to engage. Why? And also it brings you to a place to be able to to know this is who I am and this is why God gave me the gifts and all these things so that I have a purpose that he wants me to fulfill in this life. Then you begin to engage him and come to that understanding. So we pre-existed in eternity as thoughts within the very heart and mind of God. We pre-existed In God, in the heart of God, in the thoughts of God, in eternity, before he vocalized us and we came into this life. We just visited or we just came through. When God vocalized those thoughts, which he had, which did pre-exist with him in eternity, and he vocalized them because he is the word that became flesh. He upholds everything by the word of his power. So as he spoke them, as he released them, that that word, that spirit came into being in your cells, entered into your cells, and through your your mother and father, then you came a human being. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let us look at this scripture in Psalms 139 verse 13 to 17. For you formed me, sorry, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. God was there. When he formed you, Jeremiah 1, one is it 1, one 5? He said, one, we, in, Jer- in Jeremiah, okay, in Jeremiah 1 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, remember, he's saying before. Yes. He formed you, he did what? He knew you. How did he know me? Because I was in him. Yes. Which means I only came, but I was in him. I pre existed in him. Before I, wo- I formed you, I knew you. And Psalm so- is saying that he wove you in the womb. Of your mother. So which means I pre-existed, I am in him, he is in me, I was only released here. Why? Because there is a purpose that you had to fulfill. I'm going to throw in this bombshell. Adam created the first creation which God created. Adam was a being of light. And also you, you are a being of light. Because God is also a being of light. His spirit was on the outside, not on the inside. Now the problem we have because of the fall, our spirit was kind of buried on the inside. Yet it's supposed to be on the outside. When Jesus came here on earth, he displayed that. But we don't get grips to it. Do you remember when he went on the mountain of 
Transfiguration. Which word transfiguration also means transformation. When he went, what did happen? He was a beam of light. And they were able to see him. And Peter with his big mouth said, let us build three. And the people he was with, Moses and Elijah, how did they look? They were beings of light. And he was so mesmerized and he desired so much to be like that. That is where God is calling you to become. That is who you are. You are a being of light as your father. You are a spirit, a being of light, the creative light. And God, whether we like it or not, he is going to mature us. He is going to grow us into that. He is going to build us into that. The only problem we have is that when we come to God, when we approach God, especially in your culture here, like we're always exchanging your culture here, you are using your mind. You can't know God, Jonathan. Quit trying to know him. God is revelatory. He's a revelation every moment, every time. He wants to reveal himself to you. Because of the things that have built me, God comes to me because putting that in mind that I was raised. I, I, because, see, what builds your soul is your nature, nature, nurturing, and your trauma. The things which have built me, the things that I've went through. Um, I think I was here last time and I told you, I never knew my mother. I knew my mother when I was, I think, senior secondary three. That would make me around 17 to 18 years. I didn't know who my mother was. She left me, she dropped me, and they took me to my grandmother. So that, that begins to be the cradle that shapes me. Those elements where things do not add up. I grew up, my, my uncle, who is the brother to my dad, had three wives. And I remember running to this one, that, that is my mother. They, they, they tell, no, that is not your mother. Running to that one, trying to fill the gap. There was a void in me, trying to work out that. Who am I? Where do I fit? So all these things, we have them. So if that shaped me, when God is dealing with me, he bears that in mind. Mind, the the, the nurturing around me. My DNA. And also the traumatic things that have happened in my life. So that he can raise you. But now, if I am going to use that as an approach to be able to know God, it won't work. God is revelation. I have to allow him to reveal himself to me, to come to him, Lord, every moment because God desires so much that he can bring you into that understanding. Praise the Lord. So here he continues to verse 16. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Do you get that verse? Your eyes, first he says, you formed me. Formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. But also he says, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. There was a substance that was unformed, but God had already seen it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He had seen that unformed. That unformed substance is talking about, that is the spirit part of you. That God is releasing into this world, into this earth, for such a work. And he says, and in your book were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was, was not one of them. Even before there was nothing, I was in him. I pre-existed in him. And he releases. That's why you see this thing baffles us so much. But we are in him. The moment we begin to grasp the reality of who we are, that we are spirit, the spiritual realm becomes a reality. Because the spiritual realm is around us here. We can enter into that realm. We can engage that realm. We can live in two dual realms. Jesus lived in two dual realms. 
How are you? Oh, praise God. How are you going to bring the kingdom of the Bible says? In Luke, is it Luke? He says that thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you want to, to do the will of God? Praise God. You want to do the will of God? How can you do the will of God as it is in heaven when you haven't been in heaven? Praise God. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? Thy will be done where? That means we are responsible for this earth. The responsibility to change, to transform this earth is on us. And he says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means I need to go to heaven. I need to be in heaven. And most of we think that we go to heaven when we die. No. We have to live in heaven now. We have to begin to engage heaven now. That's why Jesus came here. So that he can show us how it is. We can live in dual realms as a caterpillar or as a tadpole. <laughs> Praise God. A tadpole can be in two, two realms. It can be in water and it can be on dry land. A caterpillar can be in two, in two, two dual realms. He can be down on, on, on ground and it can fly. That is who you are. For you, to, for you to really do things which are going to change this world, you have to be able to hear what your father is saying. Not only to hear, to see. We, are, we can see. Hallelujah. We can see what is taking place in that realm and bring it down. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our spirit is our eternal essence. It came from eternity and will return to eternity. Praise God. Can you go down, please? Our spirit is our eternal essence. It came from eternity and will return to eternity. Praise the Lord. New Maruaka spirit, wind, or breath. Those are the things with the words which describe the spirit in the Greek and also in, uh, in English. We, we have those words. Our spirit entered our cells at conception. During that, that time of conception, that is when our spirit, where he says, I formed you in your mother's womb. And also where he says that he saw you. That is when your, your, your father and your mother, when they come together, the, 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 the spirit is formed in your cells. So that's how we are. Our spirit is the center of our being, our innermost being. The Bible keeps on talking about the innermost being. There is an innermost being. Who you are exactly. So all the things of prayer, intercessions and all the things, and until they begin to, to come and withdraw them from that innermost being, where deep calls and too deep, that's why we fall short many of times and we give up. But because we haven't grown our spirit, we haven't exercised our spirit, but as you mature, as you keep on growing your spirit, these things, they become known because that is the normal life you need to live. Amen. Amen. Our spirit is the purest representation of our true self. Praise God. So, then we begin to, to to, uh, to understand that this is who really I am. This is what I am. This is what life is all about. It's in the spirit that we begin to get the grips of who we are. And also he says here, our spirit is not limited by time and space. And we are so limited by time and space. It is like the Tadas, you know Doctor Who? Where it is bigger on the, on, on, on the inside. So we, we tend to think that, that because it... it, it it is so, the body is so small, it cannot contain. Let me tell you, the spiritual realm is a dimensional realm. Yes. There's so many places in the spirit where you can grow. Because we don't see it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. That's right. That's right. And because of our knowledge and this kind of confusion that is within our mind, we tend to think, to think God as we think us. The spiritual realm is beyond comprehension. Beyond imagination. It goes far beyond. 
And that's why the, I love the avenue God uses. It doesn't come out of the knowledge. It's the avenue of faith. You just have to believe it and have faith. Whether now you, any one of you believe what I'm saying, I don't care. I have the avenue, the avenue of faith. I believe what he says and what he's confirming to me. And that is what I go with. Believe what you want to believe, but I know that this realm of the spirit is real. I've tested certain things, and for me, I, I was maybe lucky, let me say. When I was growing up at my grandmother's home, my grandmother was a witch doctor. He was, she was in witchcraft. And I started working with her when I was so young. When she used to, to go and do rituals on, on these women and people who used to come. I didn't, I didn't know nothing. But when as I was growing, I started seeing things which were beyond me. I remember one time, they, they, they also, in witchcraft, they also have worship. They have to drum and drum, beat the drums and sing. As you play on the keyboard, they also invited everything there. They played that, and then the spirits start coming on the people, and they said, and when I realized, even some of us, we shake when the spirit comes upon us. And I said, okay. There is this realm. I didn't know then. But when a man, there was a, a, a fire, you know, like a bonfire here, you call it bonfire, that kind of fire with where, where everything is red hot. This man comes. When the spirits came upon him, he started dancing in this fire. And nothing happened on the path. I said, what? Because he was operating on another realm. Yes. He took, they put an iron bar. They put it in the fire and became red hot. And started licking it. Licking. And nothing was happening. I said, what? <laughs> now, I was young. I didn't know. That went with me. But when I came to the Lord, it made sense. Yes. There was a, a realm which is much superior. And then I started remembering that they could only operate in that kind of realm. And I love that realm now. Yes. Praise God. Because there is a realm that transcends what we can do. And that is where God is calling us. That's what God is telling us to come to. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I just want us to, to jump and uh, uh, let me talk about this woman at the well because of time. I want to tie it into this one. Maybe we can come back to that. Go to uh, 15 and 16, please, please. Put up 15 and 16. I just want us to, to embrace this woman. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, because uh, there, there's something. Go to the next one. There's something about this woman that I, I just want us to grasp. Uh, sorry, forgive me. Can you go back a bit on the, the first one? Okay. Now. There is what I call here the turning point. There has to come a turning point in our life. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. There has to come a turning point. The, the moment you begin to embrace and, and get this revelation of who you are, that God is spirit. I am spirit. He is a being of light. I am a being of light. And I begin to understand. Because all these, they, they're like myth to, to us. But when we begin to grow in the spirit, then we begin to come to the grips that this is me and I can become this. Because Jesus said, as I am, so are you. Yes. Praise God. If we really believe him and he is saying these things, as I am, so are you. We tend to think it is so, it, 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 it's so impossible. Maybe it's, it's out there for a person to walk on water. No, it's not. We see in cults and all these kind of things in, myth, in Eastern mythology, they, they are doing these things. They steal our stuff. And they're exercising it they're, because it comes out of years and years of exercise. It is the same thing God is calling us to begin to exercise our spirit, begin to develop our innermost being so that that innermost being begins to take over the realm and the world around you. Amen. That no sickness, no disease, no trauma, no nothing, once it begins to take over the realm around you, you begin to influence and begin to bring change. 
that God is calling us to bring. So that's why I'm talking about that there has to be a turning point, change of perception and approach. The problem in the Western culture is that the things that you knew, look at the Brexit. It begins to tell you how the culture is so entrenched, instinctively <laughs> caught into something. We did it this way. We don't change. Things are going that way. We don't change. We, we, in the referendum, we decided this. We don't change. The whole parliament begins to mess up everything. We don't change. Change your perception and approach. What was passed on you, the knowledge about God, change your perception and let us begin to engage God and have a face-to-face encounter. In the Bible, I've seen men and women who had a face-to-face encounter. They are not unique. They are not exceptional. They are like you and God is calling you into the same place to have a face-to-face encounter. Not your pastor. You in your home. You with your family. You can take the lead and draw many. We don't have to go to Africa to get it. He is here with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this woman had a face-to-face encounter. This is one of the things that really touched me so much. When you study meditatively, because the Bible doesn't tell, God doesn't tell, tell us to study. This is what we have called theology and whatever. But when you begin to read the word and meditate on it, and meditate on it, and see what God has for you in that, this woman really touched me. Let us begin on verse 22. The next. Here it says, you know the story, the woman comes, she goes in the well, meets Jesus, and when he meets Jesus, they had a dialogue, and I want us to pick us from that dialogue. Amen? You Samaritans, that's Jesus answering this lady, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. I want us first to stop there, praise God. This woman is a Samaritan. Samaritans, they are inter, the internal marriage of Jews and, and, and Greeks? Syrians. Eh? And Assyrians? Okay. Now, when you, because of that, they thought or believed they had a right to the tree of life. Not so? But now, like you, you, like you know when you, you live in disfranchised situations and, 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 and places, these women, they were not allowed, or kind of what we see here, she was not allowed to, to be able to worship. She had a desire, and that's what God is bringing to our attention, to worship God. But because of the things that are being put there for, uh, to hinder her, she couldn't be able to worship God. And now Jesus is answering her that you worship what you do not know because salvation is of the Jews. And next verse he says, Yet a time is coming and, and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. For they, are, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. And verse 24 says, God is spirit and his, his worshippers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. Now, that one begins to, to touch this woman. And I want us to begin to walk with a woman in, in, in her desire, in her quest to be able to embrace what she believes rightfully belong to her. That she has a right to the tree of life. She has a right as a child of God. But because of the things that have shaped, things that have been built around, she's being hindered to come there and to watch. And Jesus does something awesome. He sends the disciples away and he stays for this particular woman. And there is a reason why. It was because of her desire. Because she had a thirst to be able to come to where she rightfully believed she deserves to be there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go back in verse, in verse 7. 
which I put down there. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Why? Why? She, Jesus comes to the well and is asking this lady, will you give me a drink? Because Jesus had seen already in this lady that she had a thirst. She was thirsting for something. People, I'm here to tell you, until we begin to thirst and hunger, it is that void, it's that place where we begin to thirst for the things of God, the things which are king to us, the things which we belong to, when we begin to realize, this is who I am. This is where I belong. I have a right to this. I am a spirit. I have a right to this life, the life that can walk on water, the life that can perform miracles, the life that can change lives. I have a right to this. But it doesn't just come that way. It begins with such a, a thirst, such a desire, a deep-seated desire. There's so many things that take, has taken that away. And that's why you, you begin to... He, he asked me certain sharp questions. But, but, but when you are on the wall, when there is nowhere to turn, Jonathan, that's why sometimes you see in such situations in such countries where people have been pushed to the end of themselves and they don't know what to do, they begin to cry out to their own help. And the moment God begins to see that, like the first this woman, Jesus didn't need water. She knew, he, sorry, he knew that this woman needed something. She was thirst for something. I don't know whether you are thirst. Oh, it's another Sunday. Another of those days for you to come around. But we need to begin to create the things within us and long for them. There's such a satisfaction that has been created in the Western culture where everything seemingly is fixed for us. We do no longer have relationships. I was telling him about what happened to me this time when I, I came from Africa and, and I came back home. My wife picked me from the airport. I, I went home and I, I went for a shower. And when I came back from the shower, I was just in, uh, with my town. I, I met my wife. She was with her phone and my daughter was there with her phone. They didn't even realize I was there. A person who haven't been in the country for over five months. They didn't, they didn't even notice that I was there. Then I said, Misha, eh? oh, yes, dad. And I said, what's going on? Where have I come? Where, where is this? And sometimes you are there, maybe, maybe you had a misunderstanding and, and, and you need to talk to her. And she's on the phone and then she begins to laugh. She's laughing and you're still angry. And this is what, what we have created for us. Why, why won't I kill you in the night? <laughs> no. That, that is a joke, but, but it can go on the extreme because I am still bitter. Something needs to be solved out. But now you have the audacity of engaging with a phone and laughing with someone I don't understand. And you have left me there. Isn't this the world we are creating for ourselves? Have, have you been on the trends lately? You see how we are completely de detached? Yeah. How we can't talk with one another? People jump over people when people are sick or they're bleeding. How, I don't know how many times recently they knocked me. A person is walking like this. And they don't, where are we going? What is happening to us? Praise God. Hallelujah. These are things which can begin to bring you out of yourself, Jonathan. And say, no, we don't need this. Someone else is... No wonder we have these films, zombies. 
people are going to begin to be like zombies when they tell them what to do, then they walk. <laughs> That's what you are doing. <coughs> that beginning to program you, they will program you. Now everyone of you just hear the voice on, on the phone. Now everyone of you walk towards Bromley Central. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this woman, let me, let me close up with this woman. This woman, the woman was thirsty. Go down. The woman was thirsty. There was a void in her, a meaningless of everything she has ever done or been. She had a thirst. Everything didn't add up. She wanted and desired so much to worship God. She knew that she had a right to this. So she had this meaninglessness of everything. Even now, life was an illusion with no purpose as to why. Hathas was a craving, a deep longing to which she had no one to help her. She had reached that place called whatever it takes. Praise God. How do I know that? This is a woman. And you, women, you know yourself. You are scared easily. Now, the Bible tells us, this woman goes to the de- in the desert to fetch water, where the well was. At an old time, two in the afternoon, where, you know, in the desert, in, in such countries, uh, the sun is scorching. There are snakes, there are alligators, there are all these kind of things. And she makes that decision. I don't know whether there is one who can make such a decision. She made that She was saying whatever it takes. And remember Jesus had already known and he knew because he's God that this woman had even had so many affairs and nothing could quench the thirst. Nothing could take it away. Now she had resigned. She had completely given up. And she goes there. And as she goes, Jesus, that is where the turning point is. That's where he meets us. When we say whatever it takes. I don't know whether you are here and you resonate with such that you have to come to such a place. But I I don't care, but I know that God is drawing his people. God is working upon his church. He is going to push us to that whatever it takes. He is going to bring us to such a place. We are so much insulated in Europe with so much available, so much around us. There's this myth of a life that we have created. That's why we say we don't need God. Yet, we come around like Sunday today that we have come to worship him. We are like that woman. You worship what you know not. For if we are going to worship, God is a spirit. And that is the way to worship him. And that's what he's saying. So with this woman comes with such a sense. And with that, she encounters Jesus. It is that place where you come out of yourself and you start doing odd things. Things that were beyond yourself. That you draw in such a position where you do things which are beyond you. And as we close, I want you to stand up. I'm going to be speaking these words to you. And I want you to begin to embrace the call of God where God is calling you. Stop reasoning. Stop working out these things. Instead, let me ask you if you want to work them out, please take them back to him. Don't take my words. Take them back to him. Begin to look at this woman who came out of herself. Did the old things because she had a void in her, a desire, and there was no one else who could satisfy that. The longing and the thirst that was within her, she desired that God may help her and meet that desire.
God wants to meet you today. My brother, my sister, God wants to meet you today. He knows more about you. Do not try to reason God. Instead, learn to engage him. Learn to embrace him. Come to him with these questions. Why, Lord? Where? How, Lord? What do you mean? When will this happen? I've been in this valley for so long. I've been in this press for so long. I've been pressed down. But when? And once we come with such an attitude, with such a humility and humbleness, with such a desire, God will draw us and bring us into such a place. Eyes closed. Looking upon him. And desiring, if you resonate with what you have heard and you know who you are and what God desires to work within you, begin to cry out. I'll be speaking some of these words to you. And as you begin to call upon him, call upon, enter into that realm, in the realm of the spirit and begin to call upon him and say, Lord, here I am. If you, 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 you sense that it is not within you, ask him to to build it up in you. And he will build it up in you. I want you to picture yourself walking up to God. Knowing that he's your father. Imagine him coming towards you. And embracing you. He's calling you. He's saying. Come to me. His arms are open to you. Your father is waiting for you. Whatever you have heard, which is speaking to you, I, I pray that you come with open arms and say, Father, here I am. Here I am. I desire that I may draw nigh unto you. Look into his eyes. There is fire of his love and passion for you. He's saying, I love you. I did everything. I died so that I can bring you back. You belong to me. You are in me and I'm in you. You are an eternal being like your father. I want you to feel his warm embrace because he's there with you. You begin, you have to let go of your senses and allow the senses that you feel and say, he is here. His presence fills this whole place. Live along the whole earth. I want you to embrace him. I want you to begin to feel his arms around you. Hearing him saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. There's no one who can love you more than I have loved you. Feel the ring of sonship which he puts on your finger. The seal that says, this is my son. This is my daughter. Feel the clean robes he puts on you. The robes of righteousness. God does not see you in filthy rags. Let that, that young man of the prodigal son see how he clothed him with the robes of righteousness it's the things around you that has shaped you and that has created those robes of the rags around you but he's saying come to me my son come to me my daughter I want to clothe you with the robes of righteousness enjoy the joy of celebration of his heart Feel the acceptance and the restoration love. He's restoring you. Accept it. The pain, the trauma, the things that you have gone through in life as you come to him and surrender and say, Lord, here I am. You need the affirmation and the approval. You need to understand the Father and the weight of his presence is resting upon you.
He's covering you in his love. Because you are under an open heaven. And God is saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Let it go deep into your heart and in your spirit. Let it go to that place where he formed you. The place of eternity where he released you and begin to speak to your spirit. I want you to, to begin to say, to call up your spirit. Call up your spirit. The Bible says that out of your belly shall draw live, flow, rivers of living water. Call your spirit to come forth. Call your spirit being. Begin to affirm within on the inside of you that I'm a spirit and I'm calling my spirit to take precedence. To begin to rule over all circumstances because it is that realm, that spiritual realm where you belong that God desires. And as I finish my prayer for you all, let us be like that woman with an issue of blood who come where Christ was in the midst of all the people that were surrounding a huge throng of people around and kind of that she felt that maybe she, 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 she won't be able to reach that, that place and touch him. Moreover, she was not even accepted because she had an issue of blood and it was taboo. But I pray that because the presence of God where Christ is his presence, the entire kingdom, that entire realm is present. And you can be healed right now. You can enter that place. You can overcome. You can surmount the hindrances and the things that are hindering you and touch him. You reach out in your spirit and touch him. Reach out with whatever that you are going through, with whatever that has been spoken to you. Reach out and touch him. And tell him, here I am. I need your help. Don't be full of yourself. Come out of yourself and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to touch me. But he will touch you as you reach out to touch his garment, to touch his warm embrace, that his arms can come around you. And he says, I love you. I accept you. I receive you right now. I receive you. He releases that love and restores you into a place of your belonging that you begin to rise up. Say these words with me as we finish, everyone. Say, Father, Father. I want you to call him from the deep of yourself and say, let your spirit be able to call him and say, for knowing that he's really my father, he's my father, I deserve to call my father so that he can intervene. Say, Father, my father, my father, my father, here I am, here I am, here I am, reach out and touch me, reach out and touch me, break everything, break everything, that is around me, that is around, that is hindering me from reaching you, from reaching you. Touch me, O oh God. God. I open my arms to you. I, open my arms. I desire to have a warm embrace. I desire to have a warm embrace. Let your presence, Let your presence surround me. Surround me. Embrace me, O oh God. Embrace me, O oh God. Touch me, O oh Lord. Touch me, O oh Lord. Release me. Release me. From all that has held me down. From all that has held me down. I bring my trauma to you. I bring my trauma to you. I bring my pains to you. I bring my pains to you. My sickness and my disease. My sickness and my disease. All that has crowded me. All that has crowded me. I lay it upon you. I lay it upon you. Set me free now. Set me free now. Set my mind free. Set my mind free. Set my soul free. Set my soul free. That I can worship you. That I can worship you. I ask you, Lord. I ask you, Lord. Give me the hunger. 
Give me the hunger. Give me the thirst. Give me the thirst. Give me the desire. Give me the desire. To desire more of you. To desire more of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name. Amen and amen. amen. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.